You're listening to Living with Cramwell on WGOTLP Gainesville.
like a cheat code No, it's just no nothing, maybe We can stop time for the free throw Got more patience than a tree crow Got love that feels like a cheat code Keeping this light and easy It's been a few days and I'm missing your face I like the way I sleep waking up at your place I like the way you move but I never assume I'm the only one you choose, I get in my moods I grow green when your friends are new I want weekdays and weekends too I like you when it's rainy too This is not how I usually do Put me in coach, I'm ready We're talking about practice Talking about We're talking about practice Talking about We're talking about practice Talking about Looking like my fears, usually my like fizzles out. I'm not feeling like myself. I'm not wanna bite my tongue. You gon' get it right, I swear. I was looking like your fears, usually your like fizzles out. You're not feeling like yourself. You're not wanna bite your tongue. Talking bout makes perfect. I'm certain that shit dead. Closed casket, closed curtain. No person gon' have you like birthing. Earth is different energies exerted. Learn from her, moved on, learn more. Well wishes still in good. Rapport, you can't fail, that's until you fall My only We're hope is it talking. ends well We're talking about practice We're talking about Okay, that's Shamila Woods. The song is Practice featuring Saba, and I just can't tell you how I'm delighted I am that the great cultural moment when Alan Iverson gave that speech about practice has now made its way in, into the form of a really cool, groovy R&B song for 2023. So uh, there you go. Um, art repeats itself, I suppose. But before that, leading off Living with Grandma, I had new music from Mildlife with Musica. Uh, then it was Ronnie Stone with Riding in the Rain, channeling the 80s very heavily. And it's got a great music video that also channels the 80s. So that's Ronnie Stone, Riding in the Rain. Give that one a look-see over there on the YouTube. Then after that, The Voids, a band with a uh, lead singer whose uh, voice you might recognize because that's Julian Casablancas from The Strokes. And uh, the song title's Flexorist. And you've heard it, I think, three weeks in a row maybe on Living with Cramla. So I'm trying to go back a little bit to uh, the formula I had earlier on the show where I played songs back-to-back -back a couple different weeks in a row instead of playing brand-new music every single week. I'm still going to play mostly new music, but you'll hear a couple of repeats from here to now, here and now. Uh, and speaking of repeats, you had uh, Dylan LeBlanc bringing it, coming in hard with some really cool yacht rock, and that one's called Crowd Goes Wild. Another song you've heard here a few times on Living with Cramlaw. Let's do Sixth Street News. And actually, I feel like there should be a sound effect for that now, but uh, 
I can't af really afford one. So I'm just going to uh, provide one on my own. So I'm going to rewind. I'm definitely not cutting this out of the show. But uh, you get the good, the bad, the ugly. So here we go. Let's start over. Three, two, one. You're listening to Sixth Street News. That's my sound effect. Anyway, another beautiful week here in the Sixth Street neighborhoods. Um, still no bike for me after mine got stolen a few weeks ago. And I haven't obviously been out riding a bike very much along Sixth Street in the area. So I don't really have any fun, delightful stories to share with you uh, from my time riding a bike out there. Although I am getting closer to the point where I'm going to start looking for a used bike. As soon as I pay off uh, my house repairs for that big remodel that I've talked about a few times on the show. So um, because I had no bike, I decided to do something that I've been thinking about for a long while. And that would be visiting my local rural king. That's a hard word to say, so I'll say it again. Rural king, um, which is on 13th Street located um, where the old Sam's used to be. So I decided to head up to the Rural King after yet another bitterly disappointing University of Florida football loss. And I'll have more than that, or more to say about that in the last segment when we talk about TV and movies. So I decided to venture um, by foot. How cool is that? Um, up to the Rural King because after that loss it was a much needed uh, 15 mi minutes or so of a true Serenity Now walk. And again, talk more about that in the closing segment, but you pretty much know exactly what I mean if you are a UF fan and you watch the Arkansas UF game on Saturday. Okay, back to business. Rural King is located on 13th Street, like I said before, where the old Sam's is located. Um, now, I mean, there used to be a Walmart right next door, uh, but now that's not there either. It's a Ross Dress for Less and uh, Burlington Coat Factory. Um, so it's kind of like in that little corner. And I had never visited really very often that Sam's location because I didn't necessarily need like a trash can sized container of ketchup or like a, a keg size uh, plastic container of pretzel sticks or pretzels. So I really didn't go over into that corner very often at all, even when it was a Sam's. And uh, Rural King, boy, I'm gonna have a hard time saying that. Rural, not Real King. Rural King is located inside of a giant warehouse uh, structure, very uh, reminiscent of a place you might go in the 90s for a rave, or even, even the 220s uh, raves, because they still basically do a lot of them in giant warehouses, just uh, much nicer warehouses. And I really um, didn't have much of an idea what to expect on the inside of a rural king. I knew um, that there were a lot of like riding lawnmowers and other kind of big lawn care equipment outside because I ride my bike past there all the time cutting through the woods behind Rural King. But I didn't know much else other than they had riding lawnmowers. Um, 
Is it going to be like a Bass Pro Shop? Uh, that's kind of what I was expecting as I first entered uh, the building. But compared to like um, Dick Sporting Goods or Bass Pro Shop, uh, first you walk in and it looks way more underground than I was expecting. Um, it looked exactly like the inside of a rave warehouse without the lighting. In fact, you know, walking in, the first thing I noticed at Rural King is the poor lighting. It was really gray and kind of cold inside. Um, unlike a rave, um, there was no loud music blasted, so um wouldn't matter because I was wearing earpods anyway. Um, I actually prefer to call uh, earpods or earbuds or whatever I, I do. I'm going to refer to them in the future as Bluetooth Connective Devices or BCD for short, so jot that down when you get home from driving. But uh, And to allow you uh, some personal insight on my conceit, while I was walking around the Rural King, I was actually listening to my own uh, radio show too, which um, you have to own your behavior sometimes, right? So I had like some really nice techno going uh, from Cramwell Mix Show. Uh, actually, it was a Cramwell Mix Show Halloween techno special um, that aired on WGOT just last week. As I mentioned twice now, you can find them on Cramwell Radio Shows. So I walk into Rural King and I walk in and I turn right, which I guess is the custom walking into any large building in the United States where you don't necessarily know where you're going. And the first thing I notice, and I'm immediately overwhelmed by this amazing, incredible wall, uh, floor-to-ceiling collection of uh, generators. All the same model and all the same color, I believe. So uh, someone must have got a deal on those. Anyway, um, it goes from the front of the store, from the warehouse, all the way to the back of the warehouse. And I would say the generators alone, they're like... 10 to 20 percent of the floor space and really the only way I was so impressed by how many generators they had the only way I can accurately describe the number of generators that were stacked like I said from the floor to the ceiling on these shelves is to ask you um, theater of the mind visualize the ending of the first Raiders of the Lost Ark the very ending of the movie not where people's like faces melt off uh, wouldn't be good if I'm seeing people's faces melt off, but uh, yeah, at the end, uh, the very last thing that happens, they go, they take the Ark that they've recovered from these Nazis, and they take it and they place it in an enormous warehouse uh, on shelves that look a lot like uh, Rural King, which turns out they're full of like these weird and magical artifacts stacked from uh, floor to ceiling. And that's pretty much what um, I would say Rural King looked like with their generators. Uh, so if there's ever like a Category 5 directly bearing down on Gainesville and things look really bad, I'm making a trip up to the Rural King. I don't care how much those generators cost. So uh, anyway, the next thing I noticed on my fun adventure to Rural King were seeds. Lots of seeds. Lots and lots of seeds, big bags of seeds, and a big variety of seeds. Um, to be specific, we're talking mostly, I think, bird seeds. 
So if you love birds or seeds, then you should consider that Rural King is uh, probably a friend of yours, or should be a friend of yours. And I do like birds, well, mostly. They do some things that can be aggravating from time to time, but I'm not really here to denigrate birds. And so I move on to the next section. And the next section was one of the highlights of my trip, and that would be the horse section. So let me make sure I said that uh, correctly. Horse, not whores. And unlike Debbie Martinez, uh, our new station manager, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that or not, but uh, Debbie Martinez, our station manager of WGOT, replacing Fred Souter, and host of On the Rail, I'm definitely not a big horse person. And it's not that I don't like horses. I just don't love them. And the last time I was riding one was in Costa Rica, and I felt super uneasy. Um, and I think the horse could tell, too, and probably did not want me on his or her back, but had to be his. I don't remember. I remember uh, a very uneasy feeling and lots of uh, pooping going on. Not me, the horse. But Rural King has, like, plenty of horse supplies. And one thing I noticed was um, something I didn't even know existed, which was really cool. And that would be this fly mask um, for horses. Like I said, I did not know that um, horses wore a mask. Um, I've seen the thing where they cover their face, but I thought that was when they took them like in the back of a horse trailer. But anyway, I'm digressing. And uh, I had no idea there was a horse mask for flies, but I guess it makes sense to keep flies and other insects out of horses' eyes because, well, horses don't have arms. But also, think about it, one of the reasons we don't like flies is because flies are attracted to poop, they walk in it, and I would imagine that they cause a myriad of eye infections for horses. So, there's your horse mask. And actually, the horse mask, I thought they were cool, they kind of look like this like super cool millennial uh, cool bondage gear that, that horses would wear. And right next to the fly mask in Rural King, um, there's another interesting product in the horse section called Shut Eye for Pink Eye, which almost sounds like something you'd read about on Urban Dictionary, but it's not. Uh, it's actually really good marketing and a good tagline. Uh, Shut Eye for Pink Eye turns out to be a product that looks exactly like a uh, eye patch for pirates that a horse would wear except the horse has pink eye and it's giving it medicine and then another uh, discrepancy on the packaging there's not a horse um, there's actually a cow on the outside packaging uh, then um, probably the least surprising thing about Rural King um, that I kind of expected was all of the ivermectin that you can find in the horse section. All sorts of brands and sizes and tubes and boxes um, of ivermectin for, of course, deworming your horse. Or, talking about your Uncle Randy, um, he knows about ivermectin. Uh, he's going to be at Thanksgiving and he's going to tell you about what he just heard on the Joe Rogan experience. 
and how he's going to vote for Trump in 2024, and he's going to tell you all to use this for ivermectin. And it turns out, like, I guess I shouldn't have been surprised, but there are even, like, these brand names of ivermectin, like Zymectorin, which I really appreciated because of the packaging. And the packaging on the outside of the Zymectorin box has um, these two horses making out under a setting sun, which I thought was kind of a really cool um, design. But it looks to me, like with these horses, it looks more like it would be on the package of like a horse um, erectile dysfunction medicine, or maybe like a big package of horse lube or horse condoms. And actually, I don't know. Is there even such a thing as horse lube and horse condoms? Um, probably, but I'll have to ask Debbie. And then I saw um, these really giant injectors, which I assume are for vaccinating big animals like horses and cows, and they were really scary looking, because I'm afraid of needles. Uh, poor horses, by the way, um, for that minute anyway. But from the time you arrive um, to the point where I'm in the store, it's like a good 10 minutes. And now I'm heading over to the next section of the store where they have the live animals. And I think... They had some controversy controversy earlier in their uh, existence for selling live pigs or something, and I didn't see those. But they do have a live chicken section where you can buy baby chicks. Um, so if you are like Fred Souter and you like your eggs and you like maintaining uh, chicken coop, that's I guess one place you could go to pick uh, chicks is the Rural King, and they are all pretty cute. But uh. That didn't keep me entertained for long, so from the live chick section, I went to what I will call the section of death, where you could find many, many different types of traps for killing rodents. And um, the section had a personal effect on me, because on the show I've talked the last couple of weeks, um, how I had a rodent invasion um, after the contractors, they had to tear out a bathroom floor, and boy do the rodents come through when that uh, floor was not there. And I ordered traps off Amazon and actually worked really good, but after visiting Rural King, it turns out there are a lot of different ways to kill rodents. And many different rodent killing products I had no idea existed because, like I said, went to Amazon, pretty much ordered the first thing <laughs> saw on Amazon because I'm that kind of shopper. Um, but one of the things I liked for the rodent killing section was there was this cool long tunnel which i think is to try and lure mice in they go down the tunnel and they wind up in additional trap that looked like a lot of fun other than the death um so if you ever have a mouse or rat in your house then a rural king might be a really quick answer to your problem if you need to uh, dispose of them uh, there are also bigger traps for moles and gophers and I got to be honest with you, I'm not like the greatest, smartest person in the world, but I always thought like moles and gophers, they pretty much only existed in the movies, but here I am looking at face-to-face face -face at traps for them inside the Rural King, which I thought was interesting. Uh, so guess they are real after all. Uh, then also in that section, there's this cool, um, really cool looking plastic owl which I assume is used to scare away small animals from a garden. Uh, or it could be that maybe just the plastic owl is very fashionable 
and for people to admire when they come to visit your garden. Um, from there, I walked over to a very, very well lit section full of chainsaws that would be admired and adored by pretty much every uh, true, true, true. If you love horror movies and you're an aficionado, you got to check out this chainsaw collection at Rural King. That was really cool. And the chainsaws, they're right next to this hand truck section. And boy, who had any idea there were so many different kinds of hand trucks and hand truck manufacturers. That's fascinating. Then from there, they've got like a big automotive section. I thought it was kind of boring because a lot of stores have automotive sections. But the more interesting thing was kind of like right in the middle of the store, they have a huge collection of t-shirts. Uh, not surprisingly, uh, they have many, many prints that have horses or cows on the outside. So if you're looking for a horse or a cow shirt, check this place out. Uh, from the clothes department, I go to my favorite section. Love the horse section, but my favorite section was the sports bow and the crossbow area. And what I really wanted to do was pull out one of those crossbows. And I'm going to take a, like a Daryl Walking Dead selfie of me pretending to fire the crossbow. Uh, that didn't happen because the crossbows and everything in that section are completely locked down. And I would have needed customer service to do that. But uh, then behind the crossbow section, there are a bunch of guns. And I'm not really for or necessarily against handguns. So I'm pretty neutral on that one. Um, but I will say this. The handguns that they had uh, locked up in the Rural King... Uh, they actually look really cool, I'm sorry, um, which I guess obviously is part of the marketing plan where your main objective is to uh, get people to buy multiple weapons, even though it seems like one would probably suffice for like home or self-protection, but I don't know. we're not going to do a gun debate on this stupid show. Uh, and then after that, what did, what did I do? I got to look down my notes. I kind of ran out of uh, memory. Oh, I went, oh, there was a huge section of Wrangler jeans. And I don't know if you like Wrangler jeans or not, but I love Wrangler jeans. So I can definitely see myself going back to Rural King when I'm ready to buy a new pair of jeans, probably. Uh, I like to buy a new pair every two years. Um, so like one year from now, basically, I think. Um, so yeah, that was really cool. Uh, oh, so, the crossbows were the best thing. The horse medicine section was the second best thing. One of my favorite things other than those two areas was right as you're getting to the cash registers to walk out, they have these amazing silversmith belt buckles that are just mind-blowing. And man, I have no idea how much those really cool belt buckles had that were glistening in that case. But if I had a little bit of extra spending cash... And I ever wore a belt, I'd probably buy one for myself. So that was really cool, too. Uh, from there, you're at the cash registers. They've got a small little setup of uh, dried beef and jerky that you can purchase and also like a popcorn machine. Uh, so it might be nice when you're first walking in if you're going to go around and check out like all the stuff that I'm talking about. So if you go in there, I think you can probably grab like a um, hot uh, container of popcorn and that might make your trip even more delightful than mine so there you go i have solved the mystery of rural king 
that's what you can expect to see if you ever go in and uh, they're not an underwriter by the way I know that sounded like a really nice uh, sales pitch for them but they're not an underwriter but hey uh, Rural King you can underwrite um, for WGOT for a really reasonable amount so there you go uh, fun adventures and it's perfect time right now in Gainesville like to really go out and have a fun adventure like uh, going to the Rural King and walking around so uh, consider doing that well, the temperatures are nice, but uh, it's time for music. And speaking of music, I'm going to scroll. Oh, there we go. Uh, I'm going to change things up a little bit. And uh, it was a little bit more like groovy yacht rock in the beginning. We're going to go a little bit more like alternative rock in this segment. I'm going to start off with one from my favorite band, or one of my favorite bands, uh, The Kills, with Waster Piece here on Living with Cramlock.
But you're not saying anything When I have nothing to say My lips are sealed You say something once Why say it again? Psycho killer a bet on a game knowing no one will score and make a sweat watching the greats dragging their feet on the floor is it ambitiously weak to be proficiently poor and still smile when on trial but still it's ace To your superiors to lighten the mood Or kowtow to your inferiors For fear you'll look rude If you don't, are your interiors As perfectly skewed as mine are Maybe I'll show you sometime But oh my god, it's ace Just look at my face I'm on top of the world 
Okay, that's Chemical Brothers with Goodbye, the Errol Alkin rework here on Living with Grandma on WGOTLP Gainesville. Before that, music from The Kills, Waster Piece. 
Then it was Gina Volpe with Drink Me. After that, you heard Kate Clover, No More Romance. Then it was one played two weeks in a row here, a cover from Duran Duran doing a little bit of the Talking Heads, Psycho Killer, featuring Victoria DeAngelis. Uh, then a new one that you've heard two weeks in a row, though. Can't be that new, can it? Uh, that's Yard Act with Dream Job. And, uh, of course, it's always a dream job working here for WGUTLP Gainesville. Not exactly working um, since no one gets any um, salary or benefits or anything other than just uh, producing like a really cool radio station. So that's a quick um, shout out to our Patreon, which you can subscribe to for $1 a month and help us out, uh, keep us up on the air, or uh, pin to the top of our Facebook page. We've got a Venmo account. And you can give us a couple dollars that way. Uh, because even though no one at the station makes money and we all lose money, which is the truth, um, it costs still about $12,000 a year uh, to keep a FM radio station up and running. So um, if you give us five of that, we'd love you. We'll love you either way. But uh, anyway, let's do topics. And I'm going to kind of rush this one because uh, I went over with my wonderful uh, review of Walking Around Rural King, which was supposed to take 10 minutes and turned out to be like a full 20 minutes. So um, we're going to go fast this week on this topic. And the topic is tipping. Uh, which tipping turned out was in the national spotlight this week uh, for a pretty uh, big story after DoorDash, the... Um, delivery service, they warned their customers that they will have longer waits um, for people to deliver their food or it may not even uh, come at all if they fail to tip online when ordering food. Which, I don't know, is kind of reasonable. So, let's talk about tipping and tipping philosophy. And I'm all for tipping. Well, mostly for it. Um, if I go out to a sit-down restaurant, my intention is to tip a minimum of 20% for good service, 25% for great service, 15% for slightly below average, or I'll even give them 10% for bad service. And I'm only referencing tipping in the food service industry, not tipping your trash man or postman or masseuse, even though he gave you an excellent massage last night. Um, that's a whole nother can of worms. Anyway, now getting back to food delivery and DoorDash, I'm very old school, often in some boring ways, and particularly cheap. I've never actually had any food delivered to my house or hotel room or dwelling other than pizza. Nothing ever. And my philosophy for pizza delivery has always been a 25% tip or more um, for delivery drivers, uh, which is one of the reasons why I'm the kind of guy who will order, uh, pick up the phone, order a pizza, uh, drive up there and drive back uh, so I can avoid those charges, uh, especially in 2023 where uh, Inflation's crazy, and now on top of that, the pizza places add a delivery surcharge, and they handle this delicately, because I have no idea exactly who gets that delivery surcharge. I would like to think that it goes directly 
to the drivers to pay for gas, and perhaps they need like extra insurance costs to cover them, uh, but somehow I doubt that's actually what happens. Um, so anyway, uh, let's say, you know, probably my best guess on that delivery thing is that the restaurant probably keeps most of that delivery surcharge. Uh, so, which means now as a consumer, you're paying for a surcharge plus still actually needing to pay your driver's salary, which would be 20 or 25% of your order. Um, therefore, like on a typical pizza delivery, the consumer, which I've mentioned a couple times, and I've got to say, for me, that's a pretty fancy economics uh, term. So I'm going to give some shout-outs. I'm going to give a shout-out to Dave Denslow, uh, my eco-professor at UF, who a lot of people, is kind of a local celebrity, uh, might recognize of a certain age. And also uh, his uh, colleague, I think it's Mark Rush, but Dave Denslow was like the star of those two. And... <laughs> We're going on a tangent, so here we go. I remember at the time thinking how futuristic it was in college that I could sit in my apartment or dorm and watch my class on TV at home uh, through my local Cox Cable uh, provider. Those were the good old days, I suppose. And on top of that, I also remember how excited I was. Um, if you ever saw like Denslow or Rush um, out in the wild because they ate quite often at the Leonardo's by the Slice over by the university, and they talked about it on the show all the time. And I actually saw Dave Denslow there one time, and I was very excited about that. So uh, those guys were, you know, TV stars to me. Uh, but anyway, uh, back to tipping and pizza delivery. With the delivery surcharge and the delivery tip, uh, now you're kind of close to being at 40 or 50% of like your order. Which is fine, because I understand free markets uh, from Dave Denslow's economics classics, uh, classes, not classics, and uh, accordingly, I never, ever pretty much order pizza delivery, which again is fine, because I'm going to talk about another non-sponsor that if you want to underwrite, you can. Uh, the only pizza I eat right now is pretty much from Squarehouse Pizza, and they don't even have like a direct delivery option anyway you got to go third party so uh and i wouldn't pay you know a ten dollar delivery charge for a twenty dollar pizza from squarehouse anyway so oh again full disclosure squarehouse pizza is not a wgot underwriter uh, nor like i said is the economics department of uf uh, but yeah you should generously tip your delivery driver as well as your waiter or waitress but um here's where we run into problems for me anyway the person who puts your food in a box and brings it up to the cash register tipping that's a hard one for me to get my head wrapped around um and frankly i was pretty shocked uh, a couple of years ago to learn you know during covid basically that those people that box up your food they have to depend on tips because they are uh, completely underpaid on the hour hourly rate like waiters and waitresses. So to frame it this way, the guy who puts your uh, riblet mill and fries into your takeout box at Applebee's, he or she operates on a similar pay system to a server. 
um, who works at Dragonfly, which you may have multiple interactions with, and they're answering questions with expertise about the menu and the drinks, and they're maybe giving you some sushi suggestions. Uh, those two operate on the same system, which doesn't make any sense. And that doesn't mean that I don't want the person putting my food into a box and walking it to the cash register not to earn a fair salary, an hourly salary. I do. It's just a weird business model um, to expect uh, people that have little interactions with customers uh, that they're working for tips uh, when there's basically almost no interaction, maybe a exchange of cash or credit cards. Um, it barely makes sense, that system, for waiters and waitresses to do it, but um, I, I think that probably a lot of them in an ideal situation would tell me, at least if you're a server, great at your job, um, that you can make extra money versus someone who's not good at their job. Um, but to me, what separates a good boxer from a bad boxer? I, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, which is why the tipping model doesn't make sense in that situation. So restaurateurs and restaurant owners and people in the industry how about this especially the people in control of the prices the owners just raise the food price on the menu high enough so that your restaurant can pay the people that put the food in boxes and work a cash register pay them their fair wage and maybe things have changed maybe i'm totally crazy uh, maybe all those people are on an hourly wage that's really good then I wouldn't quite understand the need to tip them, but whatever. Um, because right now the system they're using is depending on people to voluntarily uh, pay their salary just based on tips. And some people do, and some people don't. Meaning that that system is kind of a tax on the people who aren't awful and understand the situation, and they're educated that they depend on tips, um, versus people that have no intention on tipping anyone ever uh, and it's kind of the same thing online 100% you should tip if you're ordering online and having food delivered no doubt but now you have when you're ordering online most restaurants um, they add an automatic surcharge um, to your order even if you're driving and picking up your own food that doesn't make any sense I mean, what exactly are you paying for in that situation? So again, it's just someone boxing your food up and basically walking it from the kitchen to wherever you're picking it up. And um, again, that means that basically their salary is depending on the generosity of customers uh, to make sure they get some kind of like living, working wage. But also besides that, it means that the people who are actually tipping for the service, they are spending money to subsidize the food orders for the people that aren't ever going to tip. Just raise the menu prices for everyone so that these workers don't have to reply or rely on tips. And uh, you know, keep that old tipping model in place for people that have to be really good. Um, with customers because they're constantly having to deal with happy customers and sad customers. They deserve um, the extra tips. But uh, anyway, that's your topic of the week. Let's go into something that I haven't 
ever done on Living with Grandma. And I just want to do a little house set here. So here's some fun, groovy, soulful house, about 20 minutes of it. Uh, leading things off, you got uh, Leah Lisa from Garage.
All right, that is uh, Marina Trench over there, wrapping out a little uh, fun house mix I did this week for Living with Cramlin, which is normally something you would hear on my other WGOT radio show. More electronic, more house, more tech house, more techno. Uh, that's called Cramlin Mix Show, but uh, yeah, you get a little bit of taste of what I do over there, and, and hopefully uh, it's a tasty taste, and you might consider checking out my other show. But uh, anyway... First up in that little house mini mix, you had Leah Lisa from Garage. Then after that, you heard Alicia Changes, the Mike Dunn Black Ball remix. Then it was Maxi Meraki and Coco Don't Get Too Close. Uh, after that, you had a Tin Snake and Tyra covering Take Your Time, Do It Right. That one uh, featuring Tara on the vocal duties. And there you go. That is everything you have heard thus far here on Living with Cramla. So we are getting very close to the end of the show and I want to do some uh, reminders and ask you for money. Um, but the first way we, we would really can help you uh, contributing to our $12,000 a year operating cost is become a patron on Patreon. How do you do that? You swing on over to patreon.com and uh, you choose to give us, at your own discretion, a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, four dollars, whatever you can do, and it's a monthly reoccurring expense, so uh, multiply that times 12. So if you're a three dollar Patreon, or patron on Patreon, that means you're going to be a 36 dollars a year uh, person. And that money is really indispensable in a lot of ways because it kind of gives us an idea of what we're going to have coming in each month even if we aren't like out doing active fundraisers which we have been doing a ton of and thank you so much so many people joined uh patreon uh so many other people gave to our venmo um app our venmo app our venmo account uh, which you can find pinned to the top of the wgot facebook page so um if you're not on Facebook, that's probably a good thing, I think, uh, mental health-wise. But if you are and you aren't on the WGOT Facebook page, please go over there. Uh, give that a like because I think almost certainly if you like what you hear here on Living with Cramla, you're going to kind of like the content we moderate over there on the Facebook page, which it's a lot of silly jokes and memes and uh, kind of juvenile humor Occasionally a little bit of political stuff because, you know, we're WGOT. We are the um, home base of Democracy Now! and Amy Gooding here in Gainesville and uh, proud to say that. And really proud that we have diverse programming. In the morning, you can hear a lot of political, progressive stuff that goes up until about 1 o'clock noon. And then from there, you hear, like, really progressive music. And that could be um, Red Pony Music Hour with H.R. Gertner playing you uh, the best of rock music. Uh, that's He's got a, a show that's really hard to pigeonhole the type of music he plays. But uh, on top of that, you have um, Marcus with Departure, who plays a very similar alternative music style to uh, what I do. Uh, then you have um, Stan uh, doing Hippie Sessions which is going to give you, obviously, something more geared towards great 60s and 70s rock. Um, Bill Perry, who kind of does something similar to that, but 
a lot of alternative and other weird music, but um, that's just a really long-winded way of telling me or telling you, the listener, if you like this show, check out the other ones you hear right now on uh, uh, WGOT. Lots of good stuff to listen to, and like I said, you can go to the streaming app, hit play, leave the streaming app on from two until six in the morning, and hear an amazing, amazing variety of music. So please consider doing that um, if you haven't already. And like I said, you can uh, right at the top of our uh, web, our Facebook page is our Venmo account. Uh, give us a dollar, two dollars, ten dollars, whatever you can afford. All that money goes directly back in to WGOT. It helps us pay things like tower rental. If you're going to be an FM station in Gainesville, you have to pay for the tower that you're located on. Um, also, it pays for things like electricity and internet. Um, there's all kinds of licensing fees you accrue um, if you want to do an FM station. So uh, no one makes any money from WGOT. All the money goes completely back into the station 100%. Unlike some other local nonprofits where you have people that are earning a salary, which in some cases is fair. Um, but in our case, no one's making any money. All the money goes directly back into the station other than basically the fees we pay for things like Venmo, and which leads me to another point. And there were a couple of people the other week, uh, Susan being one of them, that sent in checks. And at first, I'm all, I'm at first, I'm like, oh my God, a check! You know, why send us a check? But then, as I thought more about money and how we operate, um, if you give us cash straight, or you give us a check like Susan and a couple other people did. We don't have to pay a processing fee for that. So in other words, your $100 donation, we're going to get $100 from it if it's a check. If you give us a $100 donation on Venmo, we're going to get $92. Um, so that's actually a really cool way. I hadn't really thought much about that. But uh, yeah, checks, cash, money orders, well, then you have to pay the service fee on a money order. So checks, cash, we appreciate all of those things. So. Um, there you go. That's kind of a summary of where the station is, and uh, we are heading into 2024 with a plan to continue operating. Uh, I already let it slip that Debbie uh, Martinez will be the new station manager. We haven't really made that official announcement, so I guess we are now. And uh, keep listening, keep supporting the show um, as we go into a brand new year here pretty soon. Um, also, we'll maybe have... Um, some kind of news about a benefit, whether it's going to be a concert or just DJs or, or whatever. Um, that's another thing you can keep track with um, just by going to the WGOT Facebook page. And also for probably the third time I've said at this show, I'm online. Search for Cramla, and if you go to Cramla Radio Shows, you can download this show. All the other stuff I've done for WGOT pretty much, and uh, listen to it whenever you want or if you hate the show you can download it record it to a tape you can burn the tape and show me a picture of you burning the tape of my shows that you downloaded that would be pretty cool too uh, so anyway we're at the closing track and I'm so happy this week that we've got new music from a band that hasn't really put out a new album in six years one of my favorite bands is MGMT with Mother Nature thank you for listening to uh, Living with Cramla and I'll be back next week
children just want recognition. I wrote the fairy tale on the midnight drive. Wanting to know if I'm more than a lie. I touch the fields again and kill an honest man. Now I understand Mother Nature. Watch me running headfirst into the forms It's like the lights are off, but somebody's home I'm not that tourniquet round the sun Turn up some reds into neon You see the difference when it's done Come take a walk with me down Billionaire's Road Trying to keep our balance over zero We'll wrap a fairy tale for the rest of our lives Throw the trash away one more time Holding on to love like a stone 